Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. This is Chris from PleasureMechanics.com. And as you can tell, I am a little bit under the weather. In fact, this whole month of January, our whole family has been struck by flu after flu and colds. And meanwhile, we are getting ready to travel for six weeks. And so we have been pre-recording and scheduling out a new episode for you every week for the coming weeks. And we are really excited to share lots of great episodes with you. And today, I was so excited. I am supposed to be announcing, well, I am announcing a brand new course that we just released for you. The course is up now. It's on mindful sex. It's one of my favorite courses I've ever created for you. And I was so excited to do a podcast episode and tell you all about it. But I am full of snot and exhausted. And I don't think that would be a very good idea for your well-being of your ear holes. We don't like to do episodes when we're sick because no one wants to hear anyone coughing and snotting in their ears. Well, maybe some people do, but probably not you. So instead, I am going to do a quick setup and then I'm going to share with you three excerpts from interviews that are part of the Mindful Sex course. So the Mindful Sex course provides you with a whole framework and guided practices in bringing the power of mindfulness to your sex life. This course is different from all of our other courses because it's not one specific skill set you're building. You're not learning something like erotic spanking. This is really about an entire framework for thinking about and experiencing sexuality in a new way. I have so much to say about this, but again, being so sick, I want to spare you from my disastrous nasal voice. So instead, I'm going to share with you these three excerpts. When I created the course, it was complete on its own, but I wanted to bring in a few other voices, colleagues in the sexuality field who are also working with and thinking about and teaching about mindful sex. So first we have Dr. Lori Mintz, who is the author of Becoming Cliterate. We did an interview with her um, back in May of last year, and she is a therapist and a professor and an author who teaches almost all of her therapy clients the practice of mindfulness. So she talks about the benefits of learning mindfulness and what she notices in her clinical practice. Then I bring on Cindy Darnell, who is this fabulous, wonderful sex educator and also a therapist from Australia. And she talks to you about how she came to mindfulness through Tantra and how she is now applying it to the questions of social justice and alleviating sexual suffering for all beings. She is amazing. And the third interview is with Kate Scalisi, a new friend in the sex education field who is teaching mindful sex workshops in New York City. 
and who thinks about and applies mindful sex to her work with not only pleasure education, but also in her work with long-term relationships and creating the context in your relationship for more fabulous sex. How does mindfulness work within the relationship itself? So again, these are excerpts from longer interviews. I spoke to each one of these women for about an hour, and the full interviews are within the Mindful Sex course. But I just wanted to share with you these voices and their perspectives on the power of mindful sex, and then invite you to come over and check out the new course. So you can find all of our courses at pleasuremechanics.com. And if you click on online courses at the top of every page, you will be taken to our course library and come check out Mindful Sex and join me in this exploration of applying the principles of mindfulness to your sex life. It goes way beyond, you know, telling you just to pay attention and breathe deeper. That's the starting point is the basic principles of mindfulness. We start there and then launch into specific practices and attitudes and mindsets of mindful sex. These are practices I haven't seen taught anywhere else and really guide you in bringing the practices of sex into your sex life, into your sexuality, your solo sex, and your partnered sex. How can you experience mindfulness in the moment of having sex? What does that look like? What are the practices? That's what this course explores. And I'm so excited to be sharing it with you. It really feels like a pet project, something I just wanted to put out there because these ideas have been so central to how I have learned about and experienced my own sexuality and expanded my capacity for pleasure. And I really wanted to share these practices and principles with you And then within the course, have a conversation, have an active dialogue about how you're applying these principles and what that looks like and what results you get. And I am just noticing how stuffed up my nose is, and I'm sure you are noticing that too. So I am going to sign off. I'm going to share with you these three excerpts from interviews from the Mindful Sex course. And then I'm also going to release a bonus episode. I'm going to do an encore presentation of an episode about mindful sex that Charlotte and I recorded years ago. And I listened to it again, and it's a beautiful conversation about why mindful sex is important. So I will share that again as a bonus episode. And we are off on the road. We are going to England and California for the next six weeks to visit family and make some work connections. So we will be out on the road, but we have pre-recorded and scheduled six new episodes for you. So the podcast will go on as normal. And We are available if you want to be in touch with us, ask any questions, you can always get in contact with us at pleasuremechanics.com. It might just take a few days longer for us to get back to you because we are traveling. 
Okay, so enjoy these interviews about mindful sex. And if they pique your curiosity, please come over to pleasuremechanics.com and check out the course on mindful sex that I just released. I'm so proud of it. And I would love to see you inside that course and explore these practices together. All right, here are the interviews about mindful sex. So today we have Dr. Lori Mintz, who is the author of a book called Becoming Clitorate. And I was reading this book, preparing for an interview all about the clitoris and we and female pleasure, and we will share that resource with you. But I was then delighted to find a chapter all about the role of mindfulness for sexual wellness. So Lori, can you share with us how you came to include this perspective in the book? Absolutely. Well, I'm a licensed psychologist, and so I work with people not just on sexual issues, but general issues, and including anxiety. Mm. And basically, mindfulness um, is, it's been around for centuries and centuries, but it's really just coming onto its own um, in terms of Western psychology. And basically, it is, there is so much research about how mindfulness can change your self-esteem, your relationship with pain, your relationship with anxiety, your relationship with other people. And it all it really is, it's such a simple but powerful concept. It's putting your mind and your body in the same place. And when they wander, when your mind wanders away, bringing it back. And basically, what is needed for good sex, for orgasms, is exactly that, mindfulness, mm. being immersed in the sensations, being in the moment. And there's increasing research that that enhances pleasure and orgasms. So to me, I could not write a book on the female orgasm without including instructions on mindfulness. Yeah, it is. The, I started practicing mindfulness um, when I was dealing with chronic pain. Um, well, I've been practicing it for 10 years. I started studying it in college, but it kind of came back to the surface um, while I was studying, while I was dealing with my pain. And all of a sudden it clicked in that this is actually the framework that I teach about sex through without having named it. Um, so I wanted to put together this resource about mindful sex to highlight these tools and strategies we can use to improve our relationship to sexuality and sexual pleasure through mindfulness and it was just like a light bulb but how important this was um when we talk about mindfulness we emphasize the focus of attention so when you're doing sitting meditation you can focus on your breath when you're doing walking meditation you focus on how your feet feel on the earth when you're practicing mindful sex where are some of the places you can focus your attention oh that is a fantastic question Basically, your entire body, mm -hmm. how, it, how it feels. It could be where your partner is touching specifically. And in fact, it, you know, mindful practice tells us it's not, you know, the goal is not to always be in the moment because that's impossible. We all have a wandering mm -hmm. mind, you know. Oh, am I taking too long? Or, oh my gosh, I forgot to send that email. So it's as much about staying in the moment. It's as much about focusing in the moment as bringing yourself back to the moment without judgment when your mind does wander. Right. And so I tell people just, you know, like you would in a sitting meditation, 
or a walking meditation, just bring yourself back to a complete focus on the physical sensations that you are experiencing in the moment. You know, the warmth, the touch, the, you know, erotic feelings. Just bring yourself back and just fully, fully immerse into that moment. Um, and sometimes people like to even breathe, like take a smell of their partner's neck or whatever mm. and you know, to bring themselves back. So it's really just focusing on your sensations mm -hmm. during sex. And we know that this can be beneficial for everyone. But as a therapist, are there certain situations where you would highly recommend a mindfulness practice? I actually recommend a mindfulness practice for almost anything. Um, and it's interesting that you talked about it in terms of chronic pain, because that's where mindfulness first got popular um, was in a hospital when, um, and I'm not sure I say his name right, so John Kabat-Zinn mm -hmm. um, sort of brought it to the hospital, but it is definitely something I recommend for my clients who are dealing with anxiety. Mm -hmm. It is because, you know, being able to focus, it's important. I do it for all my clients dealing with sexual issues, my clients dealing with depression, as you said, pain. Um, I do it for people who are dealing with significant life stressors that are sort of pulling, constantly pulling their attention. Um, I do it with people who are working on, you know, accomplishing a task at work and can't focus. So mm. I find it useful for almost everything. And um, I think it also really helps relationships because it teaches us to be present. And that means present when we're with another person as well. What sexual benefits are you seeing from people who are practicing mindfulness? Is there a good outcome for most people? Huge, hugely good outcome. Um, they relax. They enjoy sex more. They feel less rushed through sex. They can take their time more. And I have honestly found that it um, increases um, so many women. That's what the book that I wrote was about are struggling with orgasm. And I think this act, mindfulness has really helped my clients reach orgasm, some for the first time because they can stop getting, they can get out of their head and into their body. I say busy brains aren't for the bedroom, you know, mm. stop thinking when you are having sex. I've also found that it's in my first book too, and it helps women who are struggling with low um, libido or they want to be more desirous than they are. It also helps them because a lot of that is fueled by being stressed out in one's life and all the things one has to do. And so actually framing sex as a break from that to really immerse away from, oh my gosh, I have all these things to do and all these stressors in my life is very useful. Mm, and sex kind of becomes a mini vacation. Exactly. Instead of, unfortunately, how many people are considering it like, oh, a chore to check up my to-do list after in a long-term relationship. And you're picking up exactly if you use mindfulness this can be the great escape that you can have in your own house, you know, in, you know, 15 minutes mm -hmm. to a half hour to an hour. Mm -hmm. It's a great investment of time. <laughs> it is. Um, so this is a concept I'm struggling as I'm working on this resource. The Buddhist framing of desire as the root of all suffering. 
Um, so as someone who practices mindfulness and draws from that tradition and is also sex positive and thinking a lot about pleasure, how do you think about desire and suffering? Oh, wow. That is a very heavy, important <laughs> question. Uh, I, I think my initial impulse, and I don't know if this would be what the Buddhists would say about it, but I think desire for to be more, to make more, to have more um, is a root of suffering. And that is still a very heady concept. You're thinking about and envying others and planning for your future. But when we're talking about bodily desire, sexual desire, to me, that is very different because it is not a longing for what you want. It is an immersion in what is happening. Yeah. So will you start by introducing yourself and what you do? Mm -hmm. So my name is Cindy Darnell and I'm a sex and relationship therapist presently based in Australia with a very strong likelihood that I will be in the U.S. Um, from around about May mm -hmm. of 2018, specifically in uh, New York City. And I've been in practice um, for about 12 years, but I've been working with human sexuality for about 20 years in a variety of different descriptions. And I offer one-on-one -on -one services and Skype sessions and workshops, helping people connect to their sexuality in ways that are useful and relevant and meaningful to them. So my interest is in not in trying to make people fit into a model of sexuality that is, you know, hot or cool or popular. <laughs> I'm much more interested in a model of sexuality that feels genuine to them. Mm-hmm. And how did you first come to practice mindfulness? I think I sort of fell into it um, after having spent several years um, practicing Tantra because Tantra uh, Tantra is a very that's a sort of a hot sort of buzzword at the moment and Tantra is effectively uh, a version of mindfulness um, but a lot of folks start off in Tantra not realizing that it actually has its roots in mindfulness so Tantra is <clears throat> effectively a meditation and breath practice that helps us harness our sexual energy, for want of a better phrase, um, also often called the kundalini, um, and helps us bring that into our awareness to assist with creating a more connected and rich visceral erotic experience. Some people use it to enhance and expand their orgasms, which is also fine. But often I would describe Tantra as um, sort of mindfulness with your pants off. And, <laughs> and from there, I decided to go and actually spend a little bit more time looking at actually what the essence of mindfulness was, because this is a practice that is so, so, so ancient. And it was really... Instead of going from mindfulness to Tantra, I went backwards, but I tend to do a lot of my professional <laughs> training backwards. I start with the big thing and then I go back to the small thing. Um, so mindfulness is actually the, the, the helpful initial step 
of learning how to play with Tantra. So it's about, um, for me, learning how the practice of paying attention works, not necessarily with a goal in mind. I think this is where Tantra and mindfulness become quite different, is that mindfulness is simply the presence, the, the noticing and the observing aspect of paying attention, whereas Tantra is taking that awareness, taking that intention, taking that observation, turning the dial up and expanding on what's already present. So they're complementary practices, but also quite different. So how are you currently thinking about mindful sex? Is it still in the framework of Tantra or has it expanded from there? Yeah, look, my my framework has expanded significantly around mindfulness practices. When I first got into Tantra, it was purely for my own personal self-gratification. I wanted to have better orgasms. I wanted to have more sensation. I wanted to feel more explosive. I wanted more sexual confidence. And I got that. I absolutely got that. Yeah. But after some time, I did find that that started to <clears throat> not become boring. I mean... I guess sex can be boring sometimes, um, but it started to feel, you know, the gloss started to wear off. And so it became something that I started reading about mindfulness, not in an erotic context, just in a broad context, and looking at the history of it. And I think the way that it's been usurped in the West, particularly in the last 20 or so years, has been very much from the perspective of the individual, very much from the perspective of the ego. So how can I be more mindful? How can I be more at peace? How can I be um, a happier, healthier person? And that's all fantastic. I don't want to say for a moment that that stuff is not useful or helpful or relevant. It absolutely is. But there's also an aspect of mindfulness that goes back to a Buddhist tradition which is about paying attention not only to the self, to the individual, but also paying attention to how these things work in a social context. So mindfulness is not simply a matter of saying, well, you know, I'm okay, so bad luck for everybody else. There is an element of social mindfulness, social consciousness, social justice, if you will, um, that complements mindfulness in its essence, in its historic root, that invites us to really reflect not only on the self, but how it is that the self is embodied within an environment that is affected by social power, social justice, and the degree to which we participate in these things to create an environment that is going to be suitable, not just for ourselves, but for everybody, mm -hmm. that rec we recognize that mindfulness is not just an idea, it's a way of living, it's um, a form of alignment between our values, our principles, our ideas, and our eroticism, that these things are not separate, that they are all integrated, but it requires us paying attention to make them work. Do you have any reflections on beginner's mind? Yeah, I think it can be helpful to, to recognize, um, I think, where a lot of our ideas and values and assumptions about sex came from. And that, as you say, in, in a partnered context, if we're a bit annoyed with a partner or we're thinking, 
you know, I, my partner's not going to do this or my partner doesn't listen or I don't listen or, um, you know, this is too hard, we can't change, all of these things, um, that these can be inhibitors to our practice of mindfulness. And so as exactly as you were saying, paying attention to how those things play out, paying attention to the fact that those thoughts are even there and to stop and consider what effect might those thoughts have on your ability and your willingness to be close to your partner if in fact that is what you want to do. Paying attention to even to where your mind goes during sex, especially when I work with women, for example, who tell me that they have trouble with orgasm, which is one of the most common problems that women come to see me about. <clears throat> I always ask them, where is your mind during sex? Mm. And in 100% of cases, I kid you not, with 100% of cases, those women will say to me, I'm not thinking about sex. Mm. And this is always, always a surefire indication to me that mindfulness practice is going to be the best help for them. And so I might introduce the idea at that point and say to them, "Uh, have you heard of mindfulness? And often they will say, yes, I've been to meditation classes, I've done this, I've done that, I've done yoga classes, and then mindfulness doesn't work for me. And <laughs> and then I always say to them, and you know what? You are exactly the kind of person that mindfulness was invented for. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's the person who has the resistance. It's the person who says, I've tried it, I can't do it, that is the prime candidate for mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> so that the active mind in some cases we call it the monkey mind the the chattering mind is sometimes it's the critical mind we we begin our practice by recognizing that we all have it to a more or less of a degree and we also begin our practice by recognizing that actually we do have control over it but it does take practice so i think this is one of the most useful places to start uh, a mindfulness practice is in recognizing that that little voice inside you that says, I can't do this. You are actually the prime candidate for mindfulness. (laughs) (laughs) When in a partnered situation, um, it will be different because I will be uh, less goal oriented and I'd like to think less selfish. Um, <laughs> but one must pay attention to that also. <laughs> and, um, and I mean, sometimes, you know, if one of my lovers comes to visit me and I've had a yucky day or I'm a bit tired and my I'll catch myself having that initial thought of, oh, I can't be bothered. And then I'll think, no, no, they've come to visit and not necessarily with the intention of having sex, but there is sort of a you know, an inkling that that might happen, especially if I've not seen them for a while. Um, And I have to remind myself that feeling in the mood and feeling turned on and feeling uh, horny is not necessarily going to always be my default. I have to remind myself that I want to have that kind of connection with this person and that I have to put myself in the path of allowing intimacy and allowing erotic expression to move through my body because I know my body very well and I know that if I start kissing and if I start touching and if I do my breath 
exercises while I'm in the middle of all of that. My partner doesn't necessarily know that that's what I'm doing, but I know that that's what I'm doing, mm. that I trust my body enough that within 10, 15 minutes I will click over into the place where my thoughts of the day completely move out of my head, my arousal takes over, my engorgement takes over, my lubrication takes over, and I can allow my body to just go and do its thing. It knows what to do. I've been doing it for so many years. Mm. Um, so mindful sex for me is still something that I have to use as a practice to, particularly if it's at the end of a, of a hard day or a tough week, to literally to get myself out of my head. I spend most of my life in my head. I'm so cerebral, it's ridiculous, even though I teach embodiment practices. So, you know, therein lies the rub. But I have to <laughs> practice what I preach, you know. So <laughs> so I, I use this stuff still after 20 years. I practice this stuff very, very regularly because it's not something that you learn and then you think, oh, I've mastered that, I can move on to something else now. It's an ongoing thing. I'm going to be practicing this for the rest of my life. Hi, everyone. My name is Kate Scalisi, and I am a sex educator and the founder of passionbykate.com, where I write and do workshops and one-on-one -on -one counseling to help women in relationships have sex that's as intimate, exciting, and fulfilling as the rest of their relationship. I love that. And so do you have specific practices that you think about as part of mindful sex? Yeah. So I think about it in kind of two separate categories, which I hinted at already. There are the practices that you can kind of do day in, day out to, again, get your head in a, in a space where it's easier to receive pleasure create the, the right context again for, for having this great sex. And then there are the things you can do in the moment. So, mm -hmm. um, in, in come as you are, Emily Nagoski talks about create, right. A lot about creating the right context for sex, which she and research basically define as for most people being low stress, high affection, high trust. Mm -hmm. And so those provide really good, like three really good points in which you can say, how do I use mindfulness to create the right context? How do I use mindfulness to reduce stress? We know that meditation, right? There's so much research. <laughs> uh, I think at this point, like you can't even avoid the amount of research about the benefits of meditation for reducing stress. Yes. And then what do your practices in the moment look like when that yeah. distraction comes up or judgment? <laughs> how do you bring yourself back into the moment? Yeah. And so the basic tenet of having an anchor to come back to, and that can be breath, that can be sensation. Um, so a really, you know, really simple practice of saying, you know, what are three things that I'm seeing right now? What are three things that I'm feeling right now? Um, what are three things that, you know, tasting, smelling, hearing, et cetera, and can just be really powerful as can just taking a deep breath. And I remember I used to roll my eyes. I was like, why there, you know, there, you know, as, as sex educators, things kind of, or within the community, things kind of come in, in waves of like, what's the thing to do? Um, and I remember when breath was first introduced and I totally bristled at it. I was like, oh, one more person tells me to just take a deep breath or like breathe into my pussy to have better sex. I'm going to like explode in someone. And of course, as often happens, we get humbled and we realize, oh yeah, that actually is really powerful to just like take a beat. And the thing that I've noticed for breath and part of my resistance to it is that for me, it was never as simple as just take a deep breath. Hmm. 
-hmm. I really have to sit with it for a few minutes before. And this is if this is during sex, this is if I'm, you know, getting angry or triggered or whatever, the quick one off, which I do believe works for some people, doesn't do it for me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm still feeling this way. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe feeling it even more. Yeah, exactly. And so I really have to stick with it for like five to 10 minutes. And I think with, with mindful sex, there's, there's a certain simplicity to it. Mm -hmm. Just take a deep breath, but we, you know, just be present with what's going on in your body. And also there is a complexity and a, and a nuance that's needed because nothing is ever as simple for people as just take a deep breath or just sit with your body. There's so many reasons why sitting with one's body is not something, is not a safe thing to do in the moment alone or with a partner. Um, so it's, it's fascinating to me that, that those dualities exist so clearly in this and explain so much of my initial kind of, ugh, get this stuff away from me, <laughs> that has turned into a wholehearted embrace. <laughs> so you're teaching this mindful sex workshop in New York yes. City. Mm-hmm. Why mindful sex? Like, why spend your time teaching this workshop? What do you want people to get out of it? What do you want to share? Yes is a fun side effect often of being more mindful and having mindful sex stronger, longer, better orgasms. Yes. Is that the goal of having mindful sex? No. Right. (laughs) The goal, (laughs) right. That's, that is the kind of a a fun side, secondary benefit that we hope everyone also enjoys if they want to. Um, But what we realize is that there, again, there's so much shame. There's so much angst, right? Because we get distracted and then we beat ourselves up about it. Right. So how can we give people the tools to to stay more present, to return to enjoying themselves as quickly as possible, to let go of judgment and shame and be more compassionate towards themselves, towards their partner, towards the circumstances. Right. We've all had those moments where you're like, we're going to do this now. And then something reminds you of a fight you had or a shitty situation at work. And it's just like, eh. (laughs) nope, this isn't happening. So how can you have in those moments tools to either get back to the sex you want to be having or be able to say like, you know what, this isn't going to happen right now and that's okay and not spiral into that shame and that self-judgment and blame and bleh that we can do and build that story around it. So we we really want to help people be in the moment and not in their head to, to go to sex from a calm, connected place and to, again, release that judgment and shame and develop more compassion. Beautiful. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed those three interview excerpts from our Mindful Sex course. Please come over to pleasuremechanics.com and check out the Mindful Sex online course. I would love to guide you in these practices and treat you to an aroused body scan guided by Charlotte. It is an amazing opportunity to do some erotic meditation with Charlotte's beautiful voice in your ears and learn erotic breath work with me and explore all the other practices of mindful sex. I would love to have you on board. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com and check out that course offering. And we will be back with you next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex. I'm Chris from PleasureMechanics.com with a very stuffy nose, wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Cheers.